Forex Fridays, only on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Forex Fridays here on Money FM 89.3. The week that was saw markets dealing with a Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, sudden weakness in the Japanese yen, and also fluctuating oil prices. Oh, and also not to mention the Federal Reserve's first rate hike in almost four years, <clears throat> or, or, or almost four years. Uh, a lot of things and a lot of moving parts that could shape the landscape for Forex markets moving forward. Today on Monday FM 89.3 here on Forex Fridays, we are pleased to be joined by Jeff Ung, Senior Currency Analyst at MUFG, to help us parse through all the details and the wreckage, uh, depending on which way, how you look at things. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome back to the show, sir. I hope it's a happy Friday for you. Yes, good evening. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's start off with the Federal Reserve's decision the other day. On one hand, they're looking to have rates rise to between 1.75 to 2 percent by the end of the year. But they're trying to strike a bit of a balance that they're going to be measured with the pace of tightening. Did they telegraph that message properly? And does this then limit any potential upside for the U.S. dollar, given how measured they tried to be, at least in communicating their path towards tightening and normalizing policy? Okay. I think in recent months, what we have viewed is that there could be some near-term dollar strength in the first half of the year before some dollar weaknesses uh, as we head towards the second half. And the decision hasn't derailed our expectations. Overall, I think that the Fed's hawkish policy update uh, is uh, near-term supportive of the US dollar because of the higher US yields. And the lack of uh, dollar strength over the past few sessions perhaps uh, reflects that uh, the markets were already expecting the U.S. to be relatively aggressive in their rate hikes. And certainly the expectations have come off a little since the Russian-Ukraine conflict as uh, the central bank may have to balance uh, inflationary pressures with uh, geopolitical risk. Uh, At the same time, I think markets were also somewhat optimistic that there could be some uh, you know, breakthrough to the, the Russian Ukraine, Ukraine conflict uh, to help to uh, bring through an easier uh, or rather a speedier resolution, uh, a peaceful resolution. So, yeah, I think we continue to monitor the, the, the fluid situation uh, for now. But I think the mood on Friday uh, right now is a bit more bearish as the market started to count the cost of higher commodity prices as well as the risk of the conflict persisting throughout the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take into consideration, Jeff, or in, in totality, we have the Federal Reserve saying we're going to be measured with our moves moving forward because of what's going on. Uh, you have also, uh, you know, the uh, the prospect of lower GDP growth from the United States based on their new projections and also all this uncertainty you just raised. I mean, um, does this mean that this could cool any expectations that the dollar would stay red hot this year? <clears throat> Yeah, I think in terms of our forecast, we, we, for instance, are forecasting euro dollar around 110 in the first half of the year before rising to about 116 by the end of uh, the year. Overall, I think a bigger swing factor could be uh, U.S. Uh, quantitative tightening because during the 2020 uh, COVID-19 induced crisis, they have in fact uh, introduced quantitative easing measures. So some of these balance sheets uh, will likely have to be scaled back after the economy uh, is uh, back on track, uh, the, the recovery is uh, underway. Uh, so for for now, I, I think that there could still be some elevated do- dollar in terms of the, the strength. But uh, I think as the, the year progresses, with a lot of the other central banks uh, also starting to 
uh, tighten their, their monetary policy, I think that could also help to normalize a, a little bit of the expectations. Because so far, what we've observed from previous tightening cycle is that dollar strength is usually very strong at the start of the US tightening cycle, but it then tapers uh, thereafter, even with subsequent rate hikes. All right. Um, let's talk about the, the surge, fall, and resurgence of crude oil prices. A lot of volatility hitting Brent crude in the last couple of weeks and also dictating somewhat sentiment, sentiment for markets. Of course, a lot of this connected to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. How does this change things now for commodity-linked currencies that you might be tracking, say the Australian dollar, the Canadian dollar, or any others that you might actually be focused on as well? Indeed. We believe that this will show some near and medium-term resilience and outperformance for these commodity-related currencies. Indeed, I think if we look at some of the recent commodity price uh, changes and the resulting impact on currencies, since 24th of uh, February, where the Russian-Ukraine conflict started, we've had the Australian dollar rising by almost uh, 3% against the US dollar, with other uh, commodity-related currencies always uh, also doing relatively better uh, compared to currencies like the euro as well as uh, the pound. I think that's overall on the back of uh, better uh, trends to their current account and trade balances because uh, when prices of uh, these commodities increase, somewhat there are still necessities and, and people still need them, for instance, uh, crude oil or, or, or food products. So they tend to improve on the export uh, values of uh, these commodity exporting countries and, and, and then also have to support a bit of their resulting currencies as well. Overall, I think our year-end forecast is that the Aussie dollar, for instance, uh, hits to uh, 0.76 and then uh, for the New Zealand dollar to hit higher to 0.70 as well. All right. Let's talk also about Southeast Asian currencies now because they're also very sensitive to crude oil and commodity swings at the moment. Could we see uh, currencies behave differently with all of this commodity-linked volatility? And Jeff, perhaps could this also lead to a division between some of the commodity-linked currencies like the ringgit and the rupiah versus, say, some of the net importers like the Sing dollar and, say, the Philippine peso? Indeed, we observe a similar divergence in the Asian ex-Japan currency performance since 24th of February with the ringgit as well as the Indonesian rupiah doing better than other currencies like the Indian rupee or the Singapore dollar or the Philippines uh, peso. I think that's also got to do with uh, how the uh, trade balances outlook uh, are, are likely going to evolve for, for some of these uh, economies. Uh, I think for uh, a lot of the economies that they rely a lot on uh, commodity imports, uh, such as uh, Singapore, such as Thailand uh, and the Philippines, uh, there's uh, definitely downside risk to uh, the current account fundamentals because when you still continue to need like energy imports, uh, this weighs on you know having a more positive uh, current account balance uh, compared to, let's say, the, the, the past uh, number of years. And this is in contrast with, uh, let's say, Malaysia and uh, Indonesia because uh, for instance, according to our imperfect comparisons, uh, Malaysia's commodity exports are by large the largest uh, as a percentage of uh, total exports, about 29% of uh, total in 20, 2021, and that's followed by Indonesia of uh, 24%. So, yeah, uh, I think what we see is uh, at the near term and also in the medium term, uh, at least some near-term support for the ringgit as well as for the Indonesian rupiah. But uh, perhaps uh, as the economy recovers and some of this trend normalizes, 
we could start to see uh, some other currencies like the Thai baht and the Sing dollar and the peso doing slightly better compared to current trends. All right, we're still speaking to Jeff Ang, senior currency analyst at MUFG here on Forex Fridays. And Jeff, this uh, I, I, we get into some of the more interesting moves in currencies, which we saw actually in the Asia-Pacific. And one of them also is the midweek resurgence of the Chinese yuan. And there's a connection also between oil and the renminbi's recent uptick after reports that Saudi Arabia might be considering selling oil to China in, uh, with yuan-denominated payments. Now, there's also talk of Russia trying to tie itself closer to China's bank uh, payment systems. Could this, uh, this all could be seen also as potential upside for the yuan. But does this support the Chinese yuan at all in actuality? Sure. I believe that at this stage, there are various factors uh, that is uh, supporting the, the Chinese one. Uh, for now, uh, being at around 6.30 at to 6.40 levels is uh, a bit on the strong side, uh, especially if you compare to a lot of the other currencies. Uh, over the past six months, uh, they have been relatively more vulnerable uh, as the US dollar strengthened. But we didn't see that uh, weaknesses uh, for the Chinese one. So, um, for now, I, I think uh, the internationalization of the renminbi uh, and um, perhaps uh, more usage of the CNY uh, could be a, a slight support, uh, particularly as uh, you know th- th- there's still a lot of uh, potential for, for the, the yuan to be used in more international payments. So when that happens, there's uh, likely to be more demand for the, the, the currency and, and resulting in some um, you know stronger currency. But I think for now, other factors uh, like for instance is a trade balance uh, that could be weighed uh, and impacted by the rising commodity prices as well as uh, I think some supportive currents uh, some, some supportive moves by the government perhaps to support the economy I think this could be slightly more detrimental to uh, CNY strength in the coming few weeks so I think for, for us we although we expect uh, the, the CNY to be relatively uh, you know supported at around 6.35 uh, to 6.4 levels near term but eventually, we see them heading uh, northwards for dollar CNY uh, towards the 6.5 uh, range uh, by the second half of the year. All right. And finally, Jeff, perhaps the most interesting currency that I've been looking at the last couple of days, and I want to get your take on this, actually, the Japanese yen. And they're behaving like anything but a safe haven. We saw it also weakened past 118 to the dollar recently. Um, with the Bank of Japan's decision today to leave things fairly unchanged and also that widening trade deficits also were weighing on their current account balance, how much more can the, can the Japanese yen deflate to based on your, what you're tracking? Certainly. We believe that the Japanese yen has been depressed by uh, expectations of uh, central bank divergence uh, as well as uh, Japan's reliance on oil imports. Uh, overall, I think if you look at um, you know most other central banks like Bank of England, the US Federal Reserve as we discussed, uh, and even the European Central Bank, uh, there is uh, certainly more hawkish uh, rhetoric coming up from them, So meaning that they are either looking to uh, tighten their monetary policy, or they have already done so. Um, so, as whereas you, if you compare to Bank of Japan, uh, yesterday we uh, just had the governor uh, still saying that uh, that uh, Japan is still a long way uh, to go from uh, reaching uh, uh, you know inflation at its, its target, and hence the accommodative monetary policy will continue. So that's uh, weighing on uh, the, the yen, uh, I think, likely in the medium term as, as well. So for now, I think markets continue to watch on the 120 big figure uh, with uh, chances of uh, even 
heading higher near term if uh, technical momentums allow. Uh, but for now, I think over the course of the year, we do see that there could be potential overreactions uh, to, to this upside to dollar yen. And uh, our year-end forecast is 112, of course, with some, some risk that it won't end up so low. Uh, but we are, we are expecting this uh, from some improvements in GDP growth uh, and tourism and perhaps uh, some reversion from current trends. Jeff Ung, Senior Currency Analyst at MUFG, thank you so much for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 here, of course, in Forks Fridays to help us recap the week that was. As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times, and we look forward to next time you can join us on the show. But in the meantime, I hope you have a great weekend ahead planned, sir. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.